Welcome, everyone, to another week with your hosts, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. What an honor and what a schuss it is to do this program each and every week. I was just sharing with Rav Nissen just before we started. There was a little bump of something that has come up. But, you know, doing this program is like relaxing to me. I feel it's a schuss. It's work. It takes Avleda. My head is focusing on a very strong level what has to be done and to try to create the Siata Dishmaya and to do it well. But I guess when you Isaac but Sibur, it there's something Hashem gives a certain serenity and just when I heard we're on, it just changes that energy. So I'd like to thank each of you for listening and for doing this program because it helps me as well. It's a give and it's also a take. And I thank Hashem for the schuss to be able to do this. For those that would like to call, please, we would love to get your calls. Then to get your questions, of course, it's seven one eight six eight three. 5858-718-683-5858. And we really look forward to taking your questions and your comments. And Mordechai, we have already the first caller, Mrs. D. Mrs. D, wow, welcome to the program and appreciate you calling so early. Um, hi, it's late by me. Um, I called uh, once a couple of weeks ago about ADHD. Yes. And I ask you if where you had the interview. Did you ever have an interview about ADHD? Yes, I did. I need did. to find that. It takes me time to find it. Do you have a question? Right, so I, listen, I listened through the whole show. I was waiting for you to... Um, okay, so stay online. Okay, so can you ask minutes. a question while I look for it? It takes me about five minutes to look no, for it. No, this is the question. Well, then I'm not going to be able to find it now. I apologize. It takes about five minutes to ask, so we can't stop a program for me to find it. No, no, exactly. So when, how, I mean, you'd have to put it on the program now. Maybe you just, you know, put it on your line, uh, if you uh, don't mind. Uh, it's not possible right now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You got a Hatzlaha. Harav Nissen, let's go ahead. So for those that would like to ask the question, um, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we look forward to taking your questions or your comments. Do you know, so let me announce something that we're going to try to do. I wasn't going to announce it, but I, I hope, I'm pretty sure you'll be okay with it. I am, Meretz Hashem, going to be trying this coming week our first workshop in person, Meretz Hashem. That's a goal that I'd like to try, see how that works out. So what we're going to be doing is a workshop based on the Mastering Relationships book, which is about the Eish Maim Ruach Anafar. And what I found is that I got so many positive feedback about the book that it changes the perception. means we judge others or we judge ourselves on our shortcomings as if we're failures and shortcoming or we're upset at others for doing something that to us doesn't make sense. They must be crazy. How could they do that? But then once we understand that Hashem created four different views in life, four different frequencies, the Eish Mayim and the Ruach and the Afar, once we understand our frequency, we understand another's frequency, we understand our strengths, we understand our weaknesses, we understand their strengths, we understand their weaknesses. And then the ultimate level is to learn how to communicate to ourselves and to communicate to them. There are major shifts and there are major growth within ourselves. And that is, Merit Hashem, the main goal, to do live in person. The reason why I've never turned this book into a workshop was because I feel human interaction needs practice. So in person, we're going to be discussing the nature. We're going to be discussing the weakness. We're then going to have practice one to the other. So this workshop is going to be divided over two days. It's going to be for women only, the first workshop that we're doing. It's going to be in Borough Park, and it's going to be from 10 to 2, from 10 in the morning to 2 p.m. This way the women can still drop all the kids and make it on time and then still finish and get home to pick up the kids or just be a couple minutes after if someone does that. And if anyone's interested to sign up, we're only taking 50 women. So the first 50 women that sign up are in. And after that, we'll see how it goes, future workshops that we're going to do. But this is the first one we're testing out in Borough Park. And the number to sign up for anyone that's interested is 347-963-8666. 347-963-8666. And part of the workshop, of Nissen, is also how to build where you're weak. means whoever's read the book knows about it, knows the concept that 
we all have a weakness somewhere. So here we're also going to do how to strengthen. So if you're too hot, how to practice speaking calmer and easier. If you're too rigid, to start practicing with the other person, how to start seeing perception. And with Siata Dishmaya, there will be beautiful shifts in ourselves, within our marriage, within our children, within our friendship, and most importantly, with our Avaidu, with the Rabbi Nishleilam. Uh, um, but for yeah. those, we'd like people to sign up, to call up, I'm saying now, to call up to ask your questions. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Uh, really I just, looking forward to getting questions and comments. I want, uh, first of all, I, I was on the phone, so I didn't add exactly what the workshop about, because, uh, you know, I was a little bit busy here. Uh, yeah. If you can repeat about it, and just really sure, love I love to know. what I said is you're going to... I, I, I didn't ask you ahead of time because I wasn't going to do it, but I wasn't sure if we had the callers. So I figured I'll announce. Basically, what we're doing is in the book that I wrote, Mastering Relationships, the feedback that I got was the shalom and the achdas that created between people and their family. Because let's say I am more the water nature where I try to understand everything, I make everything work, and then someone is more offer, this is what I want or this is what I need, and then I get upset at myself. I try to bend over backwards to make them happy, and then they just say no. So I first get upset at them. How could they be such coffee toys? How could they not appreciate it? But really, in my nature, I need to learn to be a drop more assertive or how to speak to them in a way that their nature, they will hear what I'm saying. So when I'm giving general answers, they're not hearing it. And therefore, there are fights between husbands and wives. There's fights between parents and children. There are disagreements between friends. And what's happening is we're not getting the right frequency. So I always wanted to write, since the book is Baruch Hashem, like a bestseller, I always wanted to do a workshop. But workshops that I do are over the phone where I lecture. But such a workshop needs human interaction. So what I'm testing out for the first time is just for 50 women, it's going to be in Borough Park, where we're going to get information like the offer, how it looks like, what's its language, and then you rate yourself, you test yourself, how good are you in that? And then if you're very high in that, you need to learn to balance it. You're going to practice with another person how to speak, and the other person is going to give you feedback. And then the other person will practice it on, then they'll role play, then they'll reverse. And then the other way, if you're weak in that language, you're going to practice how to use that nature. So there's going to be understanding the nature and then developing it, feeling it, experiencing what it feels to have the excitement and the passion of fire. And there's going to be speaking. It's going to get loud when we're going to be doing the demonstration on fire. You're going to have to talk loud. We're going to have you trying to sell a product that doesn't exist. And the other person has to buy it. And there are many times in the marriage, let's say, where someone's quiet, and let's say the husband's loud and the wife is quiet, or the other way around, the wife is loud and the husband's quiet, and she's selling it and talking, and it's so important, and the husband gets overwhelmed. So this will then practice, if you have too much of that fire nature, how do you speak calmer? With other people, you could let your nature out. But with this person, maybe with your children, maybe with your friend, to learn to adapt how to use our strength but it shouldn't always hurt others. And the balance is going to be our goal. And there should be shifts between, with the first workshop, we just want to try it in Borough Park, one location, only the first 50 women that sign up can do that because we want to see how it's going to work out. And if it's successful, we'll be able to do it for the husbands as well, for men. This will be able to help people in business, help people with their friendship, but most importantly within themselves because we eat ourselves up. I know I eat myself up. That's a strong word. I sometimes get disappointed when other people don't react the way I expect them to. I don't even understand their way of thinking. Sounds unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Sounds very, very creative. Yeah. Creative, and I would say that it's helpful. A lot of you know, all of us need it. Yeah. All of sure. us need it. You know. <laughs> yeah. And as we spoke we spoke before the show, That's we. Right. I'll- Yes. Yeah, I guess I'll announce one more time. Whoever would like to sign up, the number is again 347-963-8666, 347-963-8666. And again, the first 50 women that sign up, it's live in person in Borough Park. We're not, gonna, we're not doing this on, on, like on phone lines where people can hear it all over because it needs to be practiced. I want to be able to see it. I want to see what's happening over there. Yeah. Yes, definitely. That's an uh, excellent idea. We need it. We all need it, as we said. That's <laughs> and, right. I'd uh, love to uh, do it in person, uh, like um, for men and things like that. But I've already learned to not think big and not jump too far. Let's take one workshop at a time. Let's see how it goes, Mertz Hashem. Bezat Hashem. And I think that uh, the second uh, it will be in UK. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We've got other countries, Montreal, I, and even yes. the upstate. There's a lot yes. of ideas in Flatbush. But one step, let's just see one. And okay. it's going to be Mertesham Wednesday and Thursday, June 6th and June 7th. It's next week, Mertesham. We'll do it Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. I, I just want to add to the, our listener in UK the, and in Israel. We have a line now a new line over there for listeners to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, the number in the uh, UK is 033-336-60106-033-336-60106. And in Israel, it's 079 2029 and uh, the additional number here in the United States is the 720-787-1046 720-787-1046 besides the other numbers that everybody, all, all, everybody knows them uh, yes. Uh, yes, yes you so know, the number this, again for people to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And the text number is 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. Question uh, that uh, we're facing, I, I tell you just right now, I see that the end of the year and basically we're starting like uh, certain stuff starting floating up, uh, you know, and um, I got some uh, phone calls from... Uh, teachers and uh, that suddenly they, they realize you know all the year that uh, the person uh, the some t- kids wasn't in the, the you know the cycle the circle of clothes and suddenly they discover that it's it's become very very uh, uh, like very obvious to some teachers and what what we can do with this you know sometimes and uh, the parents don't listen uh, to the teacher and the teacher don't listen to the parents I want to be more specific. Sometimes you see kids that coming to the school, and they become target of uh, bullies, because because certain uh, objective stuff, like for example, the clothing are, are smelly, the, the the you know the appearance of not so uh, attractive or like the group. What we can suggest, and I I understand that many parents, many teachers approach the parents. And nothing happened. What what we can help to these children? I think it's a fantastic, fantastic question. And we discuss this many times, and I want to share the importance of this, the importance of what we're going to be sharing. And the importance is that there is a concept that having friends interacting with friends or a couple of friends that are like the popular ones, that is the myth. That means that is the lie that continues to go on. And this isn't just with kids. This is with adults. Who are your friends? Who are you hanging around with? And there are certain crowds that we want to get to, and everyone is pushing for those people. So what I found amazing, just for an example, is I just saw they had on Lakewood, it was advertised, not ad, it was advertised, but it filled up, that they had for boys, it was either Sunday afternoon or Friday afternoon, because now that we have the long Fridays, a place where parents, we were talking about boys between the ages of 10 and 13, where they could play chess. One of the cafeterias, like the kosher cafeteria, like where they sell donuts and stuff like that, they someone like rented it out, so this way also if kids want to buy that they can get stuff there, or they or they donated their space. I'm not sure what it is that they did it, but I just saw explaining about it, and within one day they only had like twenty something slots, like ten kids that can play against each other. They filled it up within one day. Now well. many times we would assume if someone plays chess. That means they're not, not always, but they're not so interested in sports. So maybe when it's a Friday afternoon and the boys are playing baseball or they're playing basketball, what about the kids that don't want to play that? What about the kids that are interested in chess? All it took was one parent, one person to get up and to say, you know something, who's interested in playing chess on a Friday afternoon and have, like, tournaments? And they teach them moves. They teach them the way it thinks. And they filled up within one day. I want to use this concept now when kids are, quote-unquote, being bullied or being left out. 
there is a concept that the whole world is following, and we have the ability to change it. That's the beauty of doing these programs where I thank you, Nissan, for hosting this, this, this program. And it goes as follows. We have the ability to make our groups. We have the ability to share. If we step out there and we say, this is what we're interested in with Siata Deshmaya, we can get there. Yes, we can. So in order for that to happen, what we need to share, what we need to be aware of is, what do I want? What type of sports does my kid like? What type of clothing does my kid like? What type of topics do my kids like? And you don't have to fit into the groups which have topics that your kids don't like or about clothing that you're not interested in having your kids discuss or in topics or groups or interests that your kids aren't interested in. From this, I'm saying 30 years ago, there was only one type of a camp. Today, you've got for those kids that want mountain climbing, you've got mountain climbing where they can do that. They've got you on going on a hike on a Friday or, or a day camp that focuses on that, you have it. You want day camps that even do like an overnight once a week, they have those as well. There are so many options. Do you know why options happen? Because the average person got up and said, hey, of a big, huge cholesterol. Let's see who's interested. And when us, the parents, take the lead, that's when we see the big changes. So what I would like to share is when people are saying that when someone says, my kid doesn't have friends, and I get that a lot when people come to us for the clients, what we do is, what are you going to do? Can you speak to the teacher? Can you speak to your son or to your daughter? And which two friends do they want to have? First, they go the most popular one usually. They go, okay, they're popular. They already have a group. Who else would you like to make as friends? I'm not saying you shouldn't have the popular ones, but when people already have a group, when they're set, they're set, which means that if there's, let's say, a class of 20 boys or 20 girls and five of them or three of them are a group, there are still 17, including your kid, which is another, let's say, minus one. So there are 16 kids that are looking to also have a group. So how can we take from those 16 kids, just pick two other ones, so your child, your son, or your daughter will have two other friends that they'll hang around. And how do you do that, parents? There's a Sunday, ask them to come over. If it's, and you might have to drive out there and schlep them. We just had recently with one of my kids where it was a 20-minute ride, but my kid wanted to study with them. I don't want to go into which one. So we drove them there 20 minutes. They studied for an hour and a half, and then we had, and so it's 20 minutes each way. And then we had to go pick them up. But if that's what you want to invest in, if it's that important, then you'll invest. Okay. Uh, so we'll continue after with, uh, with this conversation, this topic uh, later, because we have right now online uh, Mrs. C. Excellent. Let's go. Mrs. C, welcome to the program with me and Irv Nissen. Hi. First of all, I want to thank you so much for taking your time every single week to such a special program. Thank I you. I also wonder very often, um, did you ever believe that this program that you started so many years ago would be so worldwide nowadays? Thank you for the question. I thank the <laughs> Rabbeinu Shlelem every single day because for those of you that know me or those that know me more personally know that I've got such big, huge dreams and sometimes I get trapped and I go, oh, I want to do this and I didn't get there. Oh, I tried to do that and I wasn't successful. And the way I ground myself is I think, okay, if at 120, the Rabbi Yishlein will tell me that I will be zeichet to, let's say, reach so many people, I would say, wow, I lived a complete and full life and thank you, the Rabbi Yishlein, for the schus because I never dreamed I would ever get there. Ever. My wow. goal was just to be that little therapist, probably have like a little farm somewhere with animals and do like a little bit of therapy like that to be able to. I never thought that it would be anywhere to where I am today, ever. And whenever I have that pressure, I beat myself for not doing more. I thank Hashem and I say, well, thank you, Hashem. I never dreamed I'll ever get here. I needed to remind myself to appreciate and say thank you. And then the next thank you is that I always thank Hashem that he gives me another year and another schuss to do this. Because as we know, the Rabbi Shleilam gives a siyata de Shemaya. This is like a bracha from Hashem. So many people, and I believe a lot of it is, is more schussim of my parents and grandparents of what they did. Because there are so many great therapists that I know that are out there. And so many people have such great information and they've tried 
and it didn't work out. So each and every day, I thank the Rabbi Shalom for allowing another day, another program. And I always thank. We, order, we always start off thanking her of Nissen. And via wherever I start, I thank often always thanking the Rabbi Shalom because I find it a really a present in a matana. And yes, there are frustrating days where I expect more of myself. But the groundedness is saying, wow, this is so much more than I've ever dreamed. I should say I never dream. My dream is still very big. I still have great, great dreams. But to have a dream to turn into a reality, that is a real schos. So may you have lots of siyata deshmaya to reach those dreams. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Thank you. Okay. And I, I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, have, I have a friend who I do talk to her often for specific reasons. But whenever I talk to her, she is with loads of worries and fears. But that, that is something that I'm not too interested about. But what interests me is that she gets very, very heavily involved in anybody else's sorrow from the world. So much so that she can cry and she can feel so bad if somebody was tragically nifted in it. It's a that she doesn't begin to know who it is. But at the same time, if she herself is hit with any challenge, it's silent. You can call her, you can talk to her, and anybody would know about it. From her mouth, it doesn't come out. I always wonder, I'd love to know an awareness, like just the awareness of how does this work? How can somebody be so emotionally involved with everybody else, but when they face that thing, they just shut down? There are many ways, but it's very difficult especially in the therapy modality that I work, because we never make assumptions. So I am going to take a guess that I am so sure that I'm going to be wrong, but you're asking for a guess, so we'll call it a guess. So remember, we're guessing, because we have no idea what goes through someone's mind. So I'm going to try two, three different ways what could be going through her mind. Option number one is she is a highly emotional person, which she feels for all of Kaisal, and she also feels about her problems. However, there might be a family belief that if you speak about your problems, Hashem gets worse. Means if you don't tell anyone, like So, for example, in the Litvish world, the last couple of years. I know two or three people that had Nabuchodonosor Machla and they went to Reb Chaim Kanievsky, they got a bracha, and they got better. Or one of them asked Reb Chaim, should they announce to people that they got better because they're worried about an ayin and it might come back? And he said it's even like a mitzvah to be mafarsamit. Because people hear that Nebuchadnezzar is a diagnosis like that and they think Hashem, their life's over, saying that you can get better is a bracha. But the natural instinct is, shh, don't tell. Don't let anyone know that. Everybody does know. It was something that happened to her no, no, immediate family. No, 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 no. Notice what I'm saying. It's not about us. It's about you. You don't talk. You don't uh, share. It's about you. It. If you share it, then you lose your kayak. If someone mm-hmm. else speaks, they speak. It's theirs. You know, it's, it's, what they go, it's what they do. But there's a concept. There's just, this is just one of them. Now let's go to another concept. The concept could be that maybe they were raised in a home that if you ever talk about yourself, then either people will make fun of you or maybe they'll use it against you. So now again, they care about all of Kaisal. They wish they can share a little chizik for themselves, but they're raised where we never say anything. We don't talk about yourself. Now let's go through a third option. The third option could be that when they talk about Yenem's pain, they feel people might really be interested. But when they talk about their own pain, they might feel they're not worthy for someone to actually listen to them. And sometimes it's a self-esteem issue, saying, when I cry about cholesterol, who doesn't cry about cholesterol? But for you to listen to my pain, who am I for you to give me chizik? Wow. So there are many ways. These are just three different ways that I've worked with people. When they have, where they can talk about others, but they can't talk about themselves. So one of them is they're worried about Nain Hara, or that Hashem won't help them. Another one is that they feel that, um, I just forgot the second one, just slipped my mind. The third one is that people aren't interested. It's a self-esteem. Second one was because of the home. um, That's right, yes, because they're raised in a home where you don't speak about yourself. You always talk about others. 
It could be, but what it, what was interesting was that Shabbos, one of I met one of her friends, also very friendly with her, and she was telling me that that's it. This woman is literally making herself a wall because the only thing she's talking about is the pain of other people, but she's never ever reflecting anything about herself. So she's like building herself a big wall between all her friends. Nobody should dare ask what's going on in my life, but I'm here for everybody else's. Oh, so now I heard something I else. I heard you now sort of saying like she's interested about everyone else's life. Oh, yeah, big time. Okay, well, then that could be many times, and that's the second one. Many times people were raised in an environment where we're not allowed to talk about me, but we could always talk about you. And again, it might have to do with a self-esteem issue, that if we talk right. about me, then you're actually going to see my chesroinus, so they're so big. But if we talk about your chesroinus, that's okay. If we talk about your difficulties, that's okay. I, I would say that as many times we, find, we see it, you know, unfortunately, that's what one of the, the topics that we're studying over there, that many times we see a, a lot of people that basically involved with all these volunteers and all the caring about this and what happened in the houses, it's basically disaster, chaos. They don't want to get the, uh, help. They don't want to see nothing. That everything is right in my house. Don't sure. come close to it. And but outside, they are basically the the, the angels. And I I know sure. that we're starting the topic with the children before, and I wanted to to continue about it. That sometimes we found a lot of children that basically, uh, that the teachers. I had a conversation with the teacher this week uh, that as uh, some kids that basically from outside the, uh, the outside the house is perfect uh, and uh, the kids are very neglecting this is something that uh, we found it all over unfortunately and Ramadan I can tell you about it that's right I would say this is a BBT. What do you call it? Personal behavior. Yeah, the dialectical behavioral yeah. therapy for the right for the borderline. Sometimes for those that need to learn the emotional balance and all that structure. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but I, I, but, yeah, but I just want you to realize that it's that many times people like with that. I I know I've had. Let me share with you a difficulty that I've had pretty recently, like in my personal life. I usually don't share that much. But there's someone that I know, and they, every time you speak to them, you hear about how successful they are. You never hear a weakness or a balance of humanity. And this bothers me for a while because everyone's human means you have successes. You have your downsides. So it's so interesting when I would hear some major difficulties that they're going through, and to me all they're saying is, you have no idea how lucky I am. This worked out and that worked out. And when it's not healthy or it's not balanced, I found myself having negative thoughts. Like interacting with them is just painful. And I couldn't understand why. Don't I like being around positive people? And then I realized I like being around real people. Real people means we all have successes. means we sometimes will have a difficulty. And when you have a real interaction, you enjoy speaking to those people. When you have those that only are, like, I, I would almost use the word lying, then it, it just feels like you don't want to have that relationship. Interesting point, because it's true to a certain degree that normally with friendships, it's I share my challenges and you share your challenges, while in fact here, there is never any challenges in her life. You know, nothing, not about her kids, not about nothing. Right. It's, so I'm sharing with you, I had the quiet. same thing where I choose to limit my time. It means I interact with that person, but I purposely do not go. My question is not, hi, how are you? My, my, my concept to them is, tell me a word on the parsha. I don't want to hear about your life because if it's not a balanced person, I, I don't enjoy people speaking to people that aren't balanced in my personal life. Means if someone's always going to fetch how hard it is, or someone's going to tell me how amazing life is, I might fall into that lie of either their life is so bad and it'll shut me down, or their life is perfect and they go, hey, what about me? I've got so many bumps. I enjoy people that are 80% positive, or even if they're 30% positive, but they know it could be 90% positive, they're just going through a limit, through, through a bump. But they're in general in a positive attitude. Positive attitude does not mean life isn't challenging. It means you are challenged. 
one of the concepts that I, I live with, this is again, I ask you, Rob, if you like this about Torah or not, but that I live within myself, especially the last two, three months, is just something that I repeat in my head. And this is when we know the Avais Avram was benched. Whoever benches or whoever benches Avram will be benched. And whoever sheltered, whoever cursed Avram Avinu would be cursed. So that means if, if Avram Avinu is saying, you are benched, can we look at his life a little and we're saying what the epitome of benching looks like? Someone that didn't have children till he's a hundred. He had with his with his second wife with his Uma. He had a child. Had to send it away. Tennis Yainus Shachta. Then finally his his he has some. This his wife is Nifter. Then the stories of Yimelech Paroi. Our concept of what bracha is is a lie in this generation that you have no weaknesses. You have no bumps. A bracha is we're connected to Hashem. We're living with Hashem. Every Nesayim we can overcome, and we grow, and we get stronger. So when I speak to people that only share how positive their life is to me, that's a lie. It's angels, you know. <laughs> Just, yeah. They're angels. Now, I, this is my pshat in this, so please, I, you don't have to take yeah, it. No, no. You I, can I run it by your own. But to me, the concept of a bracha, of Avram Avinu, is not life is smooth or easy. And this bracha went down to Yitzchak, and we know his life wasn't easy. And the same bracha goes down to Yaakov Avinu, and we're all zeichet to have it, all Akka because Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov had it. Look at their lives, the epitome of blessing. Not that life is easy. The epitome of bracha is you're connected to Hashem, and there's a shefa, but you're going to have challenges. Can it be that the person's self-esteem is low, even though she... Of course. He really pretends that it's extremely high and like very sure. proud. Sure, all those are possible, of course. The sign of a healthy person is someone that's more balanced. We're doing now the stress to inner peace workshop over the phone. So there's a muscle that I've given several times, and that muscle goes with regarding the, a country. Think of a country. And I like picturing in my mind, so that's why I like giving the muscle the old-time castles. Which is a safe castle? Which castle feels safe? Is it a castle where the gates are down, the, the drawbridge is picked up, the moat is full of alligators, all the security guards, I've got the, all the soldiers have got their bows and arrows and their sword out? Is that country feeling safe because they're so protected? Or is it a country no. that the drawbridge is down, the gate is up, the soldiers, there's someone at the gate just checking, but his sword is sheathed in his you know, in the holder. There are guys, you know, a couple of soldiers with the bows and arrows, but the arrows aren't even in there. Is that a safe country? Which is safe? Well, obviously the second one is in a much more That's healthy right. way. That's right. When you know it's shown between your neighbors, when you know there aren't robbers coming and you're still posting guards, means you still have to protect yourself. But they're not ready for war. The country that everything is up and the worries, oh, you're worried about war. You're worried that you're going to be attacked. That's not safe. When someone cannot share some of their weaknesses, some of their downsides, now they're not dumping, they're not blaming, but just some of their weaknesses, if they can't share it, then we know they have an issue. Then we know that something isn't healthy. So a healthy person can share emotions. When we hear stories of Rebbe, so stories of Tzadikim, you hear that they cried stories of a bacher that was once Machal Shabbos, and they went to the Chafetz Chaim, and they asked, what did he say in the famous story? And he said he just had tears going down his eyes, just saying, Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos. That's enough. So imagine Sadiqim men, older men, can cry with tears. And how many men today in their 20s, 30s, and 40s in emotion? I should say I'm sad. I should say, uh, you know, I care about you. I should say I'm hurt. Yeah, the stronger and the safer and the higher level you are, you can share your emotions. The more afraid, the more weak you are, the less you can share emotions. Exactly. Wow. I must say you've really clarified it to me. Because it's making, the more I'm hearing, the more it is making sense that there is That's right. this issue. But there can we also life. realize that your friend might need us for safety? It's just I keep on thinking, like, about herself. Then the long run, is she not going to see that everybody's just going to go away, distance themselves, because it's not 
a proper conversation. That's just my thoughts. So you're talking to her and she's like, you heard this person got divorced and did you hear that person had this and that person had a crash? But there's nothing, nothing else. There is no other So what would happen if you would have that conversation with her and tell her, you know, when I speak to you, I like hearing about some of something about you. Never tried it. Yeah, (laughs) don't. I can try. I called call these people Reuters, uh, you know, the Sorry, pre- press, press, uh, the news, news uh, people. Yeah. They give Listen. you all the news, especially the bad news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. about the, chi- the issues? She has the children? Yeah, she's married them. I mean, not all of them, but she's married quite a few of them, yeah. Okay. And also very worried, always worried, worried. That, that's why, I'm, that, that's why what Mr. Wami was saying, it's making sense. There is a very high level of emotions because she's just always scared. So if, if one of her children will go away, she's literally standing by the phone the whole time that the second that child lands, he calls or anything like that. And I yeah. always tell her, I mean, if Khalil something bad would happen, you would get that phone call. Why are you worried? That doesn't mm-hmm. seem to go in. Yeah. But anyway, I thank you very, very much, and I am going to Someone try and do that Someone just sent that message, what you just said. Someone just sent me, like, on the message of, I so much appreciate your opinion on idealistic people. I have a friend, and I always feel inadequate next to her. Now I understand myself so good now. Yes. When I speak yeah. to someone that tells me, wow, business, it's only getting better and better and better. Oh, my kids have never had one difficulty. You have to know what the yeshivas tell me about my boys and the schools tell me about the girls. Each and every one are a superstar. And then you start doubting yourself. What's wrong? My business had an up. My business has a down. My kids are good. My kids are doing great. One is special in this, but then they had a little difficulty with a friend. And this one, is doing very well with marks, but they had, you know, they had a little bit of a reading issue. Or in English, had a hard time, but in Hebrew, was better. And all of a sudden, you start feeling something's wrong with me. Yeah. And the answer is, I don't want to call them idealistic. I will call them people that have their issues. I don't even know what their issues are. Someone tried to touch it up that they're busy in the concept of thinking positive, everything's going to work out. No, there's a realistic level of being human. Thinking positive doesn't mean that you can't share a difficulty that you hope Mertesham will pull through. So there are many different reasons why people have it. One of them is because they're afraid if they hear their pain or people might lose the respect that they have and they don't realize that actually letting down the borders, opening up some of the borders, letting down some of those barriers will create and will keep a friendship growing rather than not. And you know what the first message I tell a person, stop lowering some of your walls. <gasps> so now I should just let everyone in. I should tell all the soldiers to leave. And I go, wow, notice how you went to extreme. All we're talking about is tell everyone with the bows and arrows just put the bows and arrows away. Let those with the sword still stand there. Slowly lower your guard. Share something about yourself that was a little challenging. Just a little challenge. And can I say something. it to her or, or it's not worth it? Of course you can. If you want to keep the friendship going, it's that important. Right. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You're we will very try. welcome. Excellent. Thank this, you. What Good do you night. say to this? Great. Uh, this is what uh, I think that uh, many times you said, you know, I'm tired to listen for bad, you know, news. Uh, just let give some good news and stuff like this, you know. Don't worry. That's right. Uh, that's, you know, put put an, an, some kind of uh, fence, you know, and maybe she yeah. can start to realize. Again, I, I, it's very difficult with these people. I, I would, I'm a little bit uh, pessimistic about this. With a certain people that uh, recently, really, uh, we see some so many things around it, and whatever it, you know, in the Parashat Shavuot they said uh, about the Nazir, about the monk, right? Yeah. And they used the, the word mafli, you know, he afli neder, yeah. Yeah. If you read it, the, the question like this: what what is one, what wonder about this neder? You know, what is wonder? Yeah. And the, the Noam Melech said very important thing that. Many times we don't realize our sins uh, and 
in the minute we are really uh, realized our sin or our negativity, it's a wonder. <laughs> it's not excuses yeah. anymore. It's a wonder. Uh, it's a pele that we are re- suddenly realize our weakness. Wow. Exactly. Uh, and it's really beautiful. I, I, I just I, I read it and I said, wow, this is really amazing um, in, uh, in psychology. Yeah. Exactly. So I thank you again. Thank you. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. We'll go thank to... you for the awareness, for the thank ability you. to create such an awareness about being real, sharing something about yourself with friendship. That's what creates the emotional connection. We'll thank go you. Good night. Thank you. Good night. We'll go to Mr. F. Yeah. Mr. F, welcome to the program. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Yes, hi. Um, first of all, I would like to thank you for the weekly Komavasa program, program which oh, I'm listening oh, to. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. I have a question. I'm not sure if I'm asking it on the right place, but basically... I'm left with no choices where to ask, so I figured I'm going to pull up. Is there any Heimish organization that helps out kids from an abusive home, uh, like to get them out of that home or something like that? There are many Askanim in each Kehillah. They have those that are working with them. And just for you to know, they, when you say get them out of a house, in today's days, they get them like to a relative, like to a grandparent, an aunt and uncle. We tried already to talk with the grandparents, and basically nobody's interested to help out the family. We tried already with the Moises, and the Moises is basically turning away. Well, I'd like to change it around. When you turn to them and tell them deal with it, they don't have the capabilities of dealing with it. So the next step to do that I would recommend is you call the Bikachalim of that Kihila, whichever Kihila it would be. There is usually a Bikachalim. And you find out, you call up and you say, okay, who's someone that we can speak to when there's a lot of emotional problems going on? Mm-hmm. And they will start helping you. We need to get child mm-hmm. services involved. The Moises will help you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's one organization. In different kihilas, you know, so for example, if you go to England, I know that in England there's that. If you're going to go to Monroe, you've got over there. You're going to go to Lakewood, you have it over there. Borough Park or Williamsburg are very big, very big communities, or Flatbush, so there are different kills. Let's say Flatbush also will have theirs. You can call up a Hatzalah member that you know and say, okay, who's someone that deals with, because Hatzalah deals with a lot of this stuff, the emotional, who's someone in Hatzalah that deals with the emotional stuff? And then they'll hook you up to that person. And you ask that person, okay, who's someone that we get involved? But please mm-hmm. be aware. It's not like you're dumping it on them. I just want you to be aware. That means you don't call up the Hatzalim and say, okay, now this is your case. you got to get involved. It's like sometimes when people call up the Maesid. The Maesid doesn't have now a staff member full-time to do it. You're going to be now that full-time staff to coordinate. You're going to be spending two to three hours a day. Uh-huh. Now, it's people... There's no one, I'm going to be a little bit blunt, for someone to give a full day's work, someone has to pay them. We forget how kind the American government is. Like we have this concept that, you know, they're all the programs and it just comes. I'm saying people pay for it. You go to an agency and you're only paying your $40 copay. Someone is paying the other $80. Mm -hmm. And that's the government. So when you want a moisid to do it, you're now asking a manal that, let's say, his time is to run a school, now to spend three, four hours a day getting involved and getting into messy situations. You want a Rebbe that, as it is underpaid by $50,000 a year, and you want them now, besides what they're doing and struggling, you now want them to get involved. It's like when you say you call people, so realize that you are now going to step up to the plate. No, what, what, what we were basically doing is calling up the family and explaining them that it's a very bad situation with one of the sisters, and maybe they know what we can do, and we called up the Moises, and basically nobody's interested to help. That's right, because they know it's going to be a long-term process. This could be for life. And there mm-hmm. are amazing people. I just I heard of four or five people where they adopted um, children that aren't 100%. And it's amazing how they have their own families. And they're just growing. They're just being strong. They're, they feel a need. There are people in Kaleosol that do it with pleasure. Mm-hmm. 
right. But for that to happen, we've got to step up to the plate. It's very tough. I would say that uh, it's very tough to. And uh, we have a case, a few cases that we're dealing with. Moi said, and and unfortunately, and and our mosadot, our you know schools, they don't have like in the public school. They have they like like uh, on the premises, the social services guys that sitting on this. Our our, our mosadot is based right. basically a, a very low budget, and they're trying to put it on the Bikur Cholim, on the other uh, institute. But it's it's not simple. It's not simple. It's not simple at all. That's right. It really isn't. It really, really isn't. It gets very, very hard. Mm-hmm. So I understand. Okay. I think mm-hmm. you've got an amazing heart, and I think you're right on the right path. And the question is now: you contact one of the organizations, or whichever kahili you belong to, or whichever town it is, and say, "What do we do now?" And, and so just to be aware, what, what you're going to be getting it? What? What? So that's exactly what we did by calling the Moises. As the Moises, what are we supposed to do now? I mean. Mm-hmm. Is there uh, any, yeah. any, any, uh, what do you call it? The question like this is really, I, I, I spoke with a few uh, educators, teachers, and rabbis. And I ask them to give the extra, extra time, a little bit. I know that it's tough. Extra time, extra attention to these kids uh, that need the attention. It's also possible. Yeah. I, I, again, it, it's uh, and then they come to the to the shul, coming to the to the places. You know, friends involved, some friends involved. I don't know. I don't know what case you're talking about, what age uh, uh, range, but definitely as some people around it that can just help at least to to stabilize some situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, so I just want you to know you're on mm-hmm. the right path and asking questions, Mertesham, that is the way we do it. One step at a time. The number of those of you that would like to call up is... Seven one eight six three three one seven five five seven one eight six three three one seven five five. No, no, seven one eight six eight. Sorry, I gave the wrong number. That was my office, the okay. office number. Seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. Seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. And the text number. And what's yeah. the text number for someone to be able to text? Uh, three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. So we can continue on this uh, topic about these issues, kids that basically, uh, I don't know, that's falling in between the chairs, between between the parents and the house and the schools. And this is very, very easy to be a target of the bullies uh, on this issue. I would say that I spoke about it yesterday. I know, I know that unfortunately we are in the in the other side of the world about shooting in schools and kids they keep taking in and I'm afraid that many times we are basically leading to these kids that be bullied all all their life suddenly to get out and just go and try to take a revenge somehow and the, mm-hmm. que- the question is this how we can how we can find it how the parents how, how the teachers can can see it, you know. I and really in the last uh, months I had a few cases that I tried to sp- talk with the parents. I talk with them. I saw something wrong and stuff like this. People approach me, teacher approach me about wrong with the kids coming. Not some come somehow neglecting in the school. And what are we doing in this case? Yeah, you're so right. Which means that we're locking ourselves up, we're, we're trapping ourselves, and we need help, we need guidance. And a large part of the guidance is that I would ask this person, what are the chances that they might take someone in or start speaking, let's say, to those Askanim or whoever's and all saying, okay, can I take one kid? Or is there another cousin or a second cousin that can start doing things? Or, again, you need, we don't know what the case is, we don't know what they're saying is healthy, not healthy, Maybe just for Shabbos, Suda, take kids for Shabbos. We yeah. don't know what's happening. You know, we're assuming the worst, but 
I don't know what's going on. So it's very hard to go down that path. But there is, in each kahila, the simplest way is everyone knows some one or two Hatzalah members and say, okay, who could yoke me up to someone that deals with the emotional stuff? Because Nebuchadnezzar's Hatzalah gets to a house, they see a lot of emotional not health. And they would know who to guide or how to start the process. Yeah. Yeah. And the number to call up again is... 
Well, it doesn't mean we're making conscious choices. We're now going into the negative choices if we have a lot of overwhelm. We can be going old programs. We can be react. We can be reacting to situations that aren't that aren't based on our consciousness. It's based on old programs or on the repeat of the amygdala. Mm-hmm. So there could yeah. be many reasons why someone would be doing that, and it's very difficult to guess. It's not. It's not. It's not that I want to do this. It's just this is. These are the thoughts that are happening. That's what I'm trying to That's think. Right. Why is that happening? That's right. And the only way to know is to ask them. What happened that everything is so negative lately? What happens when I just give a compliment and knock it away? What happens when we talk about something and right away go to how negative people are? Why is it that when I share about hope, you go, no, it's no hope. Just wait and see. It's not going to work out. What happened? Okay. So without asking, we could never know what's going on in the other person's mind and why. But we can ask. Mm-hmm. Right. And definitely if you said it's, it's new thing, you know, then only lately something happened. Right. I would say ask direct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, and I greatly appreciate it. It's such a school service, and if we see how many of our callers are worried and concerned about their friends, they're yeah. calling up wanting to know why is this person so negative, how can we have a conversation, and I want to be close to this person, but it's so heavy. It's such a special, how we really want to help others and we care about others, and it disturbs us when we want to have a relationship with others, and we're not able to because of their negativity. It's affecting us. Great. We'll go to uh, Mrs. Um, uh, one second. We have over here Mrs. P. Is yeah, Mrs. It? P. Yeah, Mrs. P. Mrs. P. Hi, welcome to the program with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi, good evening. How are you? Baruch Hashem, fantastic. Thank you for your line. It's really amazing, and really, I'm really learning a lot from it. I'm really growing from it, and my family is growing, and everybody's growing from it. It's a really good feeling that we have somebody like you to help us. Thank you. Thank you. That is really my hope. That is my hope and my goal to be able to create that. And I would say your goals are going high. Thank you. Thank you. Again, okay. it's something that I daven for from the Rabbani Shleilam for Siyat and I continue to daven for that. I never yeah, take we, it. We can all daven. Yes. Yes. Okay. For now, I want to try to make an awareness. Like Go ahead. The idea of, inf- of influence, like what triggers it, the idea. When a person lives together with people, they have surroundings. Like let's say, let's say a couple, yeah? Let's say the couple, one, one person, the couple, let's say the man is a quieter type, and the woman is more like, like a more lively type. And at some yes. point, living so many times, or not have to be a couple, it can be with friends or anybody, yes. it changes. Like they get, they get influenced in the situation. I'm just curious, like what triggers it that... Like a couple, like after a few minutes, so many years. Let's let's understand. Great. So let me understand. So your question is. Quieter, and the man becomes like louder. Excellent. That's actually a very healthy process. That's the point of marriage. What triggers it? Even if, even though I just know that I'm still myself, what like what happens? This twist of it. We can try to make awareness. Sure. Let's try to create the awareness and then tell me if that's the awareness that you have in mind. Okay, so what happens is, or this and you'll help me out over here, is that the Rabbi Shalem created children, mm-hmm. us when we're born, and the way we learn, and we continue this way as we get older with yeah. the ability of looking. So we see and we copy. Whoever's got a one-year-old and a two-year-old and a three-year-old yeah. and a four-year-old and a five-year-old and a six-year-old, you notice mm-hmm. how. So I'm just thinking of my little three-year-old. My three-year-old, mm-hmm. if we say everyone's going into pajamas, so you have the six-year-old and the eight-year-old and the three-year-old's running, and the two-year-old's running, I want to also get into pajamas. Then the six-year-old says, I don't want to get into pajamas. And you see the three-year-old go, I don't want to get into pajamas. They copy. They learn by copying. Copy and then you go, wow, we're going to shul. And, goes, wow. and you're copying. So we are born, and the way Hashem gave us the ability to learn is our eyes we see, and we want to mm-hmm. copy. Yeah. And that is something that's always in our systems. Now, as we get older, 
we mm-hmm. hope that we learn how to get stronger, how to filter it, that just because someone is doing it, we have the natural instinct to want a copy. And now yeah. comes the adult maturity to say, no, is this healthy for me? Is this yeah. right for me? And this is a process. But when we get married and yeah. we're married to someone for several years, and if it's a healthy couple, means the husband sees, wow, I need to learn from my wife. As it's in your example, where the wife is more labodic, he would learn, oh, so i got to create more life to me. And the yeah. wife sees the power, the husband's calmness, how you also go very far with the calmness and how people like you more and things get easier. This osmosis, this meshing together is what's supposed yeah. to happen in a marriage. So it's a yeah. healthy process that everyone has. And if the couple's on a healthy level, that's what happens. And unfortunately, if the couple is not healthy, then they won't get there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it's a good idea. If, it, if it's healthy, we should try to do it and help them to go on the healthy way. But if it's not a healthy way, then we have to get this, find different solutions. Or, but a person is still, still a I don't understand those words now. Now, if it's not healthy, give me an example. So if the wife is way too loud or if the husband yeah. is way too quiet, then the husband will learn, okay, I can still learn to be loud. I'm just not going to do it on that level of my wife. Or the wife I will say, it. wow, yeah, there is a power to calmness, but not just to that level. Rav Nissen, what do you say? I, I want to say, first of all, you said the right things that, you know, many times you see a couple uh, that uh, after a few years, they're starting looking at the same, you know, the movement and stuff yeah. like this. But uh, the, the the general rules also that we are really basically copy paste of our parents of what we learn, and yeah. and a certain time you know just uh, whatever even healthy couple as the differences you know between how they grow up what the background they're coming you know where they come from what kind of parents they had, if the parents come you know so yeah. uh, this is also kind of uh, I would say parameter uh, things that you have to take in, a, in calculation about this kind of relationship. That's it's consideration? Yeah, consideration of this relationship about it, you know, because it could be that the, the parents of the uh, let's say the parents there of the husband something in between. The husband are very very uh, into uh, uh, hosting uh, people and the, and the wife exactly they come in from, from a family that don't like to, to be host and uh, or guest and the Shabbat and the table or stuff like this. It's kind of kind, kind of Certain so conflict. The influence has to be balanced, also. Yes, definitely. The two street, I, I can't. Yeah, it's it's definitely has to be balanced. We can't have yeah. too much of one, too much of the other. Uh, you know, you, uh, our our Chachamim said, you know, that a man and a woman are basically supposed to be one unit and complete each other. It, take, it takes time. It's yeah, it take time, and and you know. That's uh, right. I want to tell you something that we, we I expected this question because as as our from society don't pre mm-hmm. we are not going to university to learn to be parents or couple or you know yeah, husband or wife. The only thing that we learn is basically from our, our rabbanim, our rabbitsen, uh, and yeah, and, more than teachers and, and it, it, it's it's not it's not so clear basically uh, the, the way of doing it, you know. So, yeah, and it's only six, basically, you know, we, I see my uh, kids, 19, 20, 22, basically six, seven uh, appointment dates, and then married. And the first year, I don't know, the first is the most difficult year in the life oh, of yeah. this couple. And every beginning is every be- and the ca- the pair you know if you don't prepare them I tell you the truth when I when my kids yes, got, of course you have to prepare everybody yeah you when my to- kids get married that's what the first thing they said first year first year you have to be you know extra patient extra extra tolerance with everything just but only the first first year always oh no but I'm saying the f- until you start getting you, get su- get you suddenly look, see look, yeah. I'm telling you you get up in the morning and suddenly somebody next to you that you just saw him seven eight times 20 times in your life you don't know what is behaving in the bathroom sorry to tell you you don't know what is behaving in, in, in the kitchen how they kind of Eat what can is well, what can trigger the, the situation? Okay. So it, it's it's awareness, 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 and awareness, just to pre- yeah. We all all have to try. Yeah. Quiet. No, I think you handled it great. <laughs> I have nothing more to add yeah, on. No, just no, thank, thank her for calling. Much. Yeah.
And Marco, I'm going to thank you too. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have a wonderful evening and thanks for the great awareness. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Greatly appreciate it. I wish you a lot of bracha v'atlacha. Amen. 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 Thank you. You got it, certainly. Thank you. Nisan, thank you for hosting this program, for having this once again. What a schuss and what an honor. You want to, I, I talk about, I, I just want to, uh, the, what do you call it? Oh, we have some, somebody just, Mazal Tov to Dr. Simcha Cohen, his son getting married tonight. Wow. Wow, just, okay. Mazel Tov. It's in California, and I really missed it. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. And the, the, the other question is yeah, that if you see the text, uh, I... How do I know if the therapist is right for me? And what yeah, I that was such a hard question. I, I know, no, but I want, I want my maybe my expectation un, unrealistic. So I want to tell. I want. I just. I know that I'm not a yeah, therapist. Yeah, please. Yeah. I'm not a therapist. I'm not this. But you see, if you go to a therapist and it doesn't, uh, or she doesn't make you expectation lower, or just give you to see the reality, so it's meant that, that is something wrong with the with, with approach of the therapist and what you expect from the therapist. I think that any therapist would, would say that, uh, will tell you the, the situation about it. Isn't I'm right or not? I think you're 100% correct. And there's also a concept where people go to therapists. I have this lately, especially with me, where people come in as if the therapist is Mashiach. They'll tell you what to do. It's about you discovering yourself. It's not healthy for the therapist to tell you what to do. People come in. I've, I've just had today someone tell me, look at all this. I go, no, 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 you're going to be here for another year. But at least the first couple of sessions, we could help you understand why you're so overwhelmed. And just identifying three, four parts ago goes, oh, I really understand now what's going on. I feel so much calmer. I go, yes, understanding it is one step. But then doing the steps to get out is a whole different step, and it's a process. Okay, so in this, uh, yeah. so we we going to conclude the show, right? Yes. And thank you, Ramod Chai. Thank you to our dear listeners, and Baruch Hashem, and to that Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Good night. Yes, Hatzlocha, and have a wonderful evening.